Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hello, Kip Nation. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I pray that this is your favorite drive time podcast. So whether you're going to the grocery store, whether you're going to church, whether you're on your way to a PTA meeting or some other task that you have to accomplish, make sure you're driving, listening to this Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Today is a special day. I want to bring attention to the month of May. May is Melanoma and Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And because of that, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest all the way from Dallas, Texas, Sylvia Dunavit Hines. She is an award-winning author, photographer, breast cancer advocate, and motivational speaker who is also an ordained elder. So I want to welcome to this podcast, my friend, Sylvia Donovan Hines. Sylvia? It is great to be on your um, podcast, Bishop. Uh, You're doing a tremendous work, and I'm just so glad to be a a part of of what you're doing for the kingdom and in the kingdom. Uh, Speaking of tremendous works, you're doing uh, (laughs) amazing things, and uh, you're the CEO and founder of Celebrating Life Foundation down in Cedar Hill, Texas. The founder and CEO of Chocolate Diamond Publishing. I'm just, I'm like blown away. You're doing so much. For those of you who don't know what Celebrating Life Foundation, it's a nonprofit organization devoted to making breast cancer powerless by educating, encouraging, and empowering those most impacted by the disease. So I want to hear from Sylvia today. Sylvia is a native of Chi-Town, and then she's now living in Dallas, so we're going to start with a little insight. Sylvia, tell us about your journey. What brought you from Chi-Town to Dallas? Um, well, to be honest, I left Chicago in my senior year and went to high school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And after I graduated, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I ended up with a company called Skypick. They did aerial photography, which means that you would fly in a plane 
and they would lower the plane. I would raise the window and take pictures of uh, farms, large, uh, large buildings, um, large homes, and then a salesperson would go behind me and sell those to the corporations or the farms. To this day, I cannot believe I did that. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot believe that <laughs> I basically took a photograph from an open window of an airplane flying low over a building. Still, it just it baffles me. God, God is amazing. It's sort of a blur uh, in my mind. But on that assignment, I was doing a lot of photography in the South. Okay. And what I loved was like that Southern hospitality. Of course, if you've ever been to the South, you love the food. There's no way not to fall in love with the food. Sure. When I got to Dallas, I was like, D Dallas reminded me of Chicago, mm -hmm. but it was like sort of a Southerness to it. So I said, when I really settle down, I want to be in Dallas because I, I sort of gotten away from the, the Chicago real big city. I've always had that down-home country personality but i did like the fact that dallas still was metropolitan you still had that hustle bustle after i stopped working with skypick i uh, settled in dallas and i've been here for almost 39 years well you've answered one of my questions because when i met you you were a photographer extraordinaire <laughs> and uh, yeah you were you were you could really take you just carried that camera around everywhere and it I was so <laughs> And you still do. And it was funny because now I know where you got the, the photography background. So tell me, what was your catalyst behind becoming a champion advocate for breast cancer awareness? My reason for becoming a champion for breast cancer was that my aunt, in fact, when I went to Milwaukee uh, for my last year of high school, I stayed with my aunt and she was just, uh, she was a jewel. Uh, in, in a time when I needed somebody to shine in my life, she was there. And I remember my senior year, I wanted to do something special for her. And I was working on a ceramic piece, and it was Jesus at the door. It was a three-dimensional plaque. And she just loved it when I was working on it. She thought, oh, wow, that's so great. And that was, that was actually my gift to her, was this three-dimensional a ceramic piece of Jesus at the door and I didn't realize that several years later when Jesus was really knocking at the door I would give her the ultimate gift of uh, starting a foundation in her honor because she developed breast cancer and 10 years later she did succumb to complications from the disease and after she died I just started talking to people just random people some friends some just associates and asking them about breast cancer and what I found to my shock was everybody was saying, um, oh, my aunt had breast cancer. Oh, my grandmother had breast cancer. Oh, my mother had breast cancer. The real shock was people would say, I've had breast cancer. People that I thought I knew had no idea that they'd had breast cancer. And then what I realized is breast cancer was not passing our community by. It was, we weren't dealing with it. We weren't talking about it. We weren't sharing information about it. And so in my aunt's honor, I did a book called Celebrating Life, African-American Women Speak Out About Breast Cancer. Mm -hmm. And it depicted 62 survivors, 61 women and one man, because I wanted men uh, to know that breast cancer was something that they needed to be concerned about as well, especially men in our community. And later on, Richard Roundtree 
chap, you know, the ultimate macho man, yeah. came out and talked about that he had breast cancer. So that's how my journey began, and that was uh, 28 years ago. And as I did the book, I realized if you're not a part of the solution, you, you might as well be a part of the problem. What I was finding is that women were ignoring the message because it didn't look like them. So I realized it needed to be a more cultural-sensitive message. Women were ignoring the message because it wasn't coming from people close to them. So I knew that our community needed to be educated, that we are our sister's keeper, that we need to encourage our friends, our mothers, our aunts, our, our cousins to get a mammogram because early detection not only increases survivorship, but it increases your, your options, whether you can have a lumpectomy, whether you have to do chemotherapy or radiation. All those things can be changed by early detection. And the main thing that I found out is that African-American women were more likely to die from breast cancer than any other ethnic group. So that was my catalyst for developing the Celebrating Life Foundation and continuing to carry that torch uh, for almost three decades. Tell me the name of that book one more time. I want the listening audience to hear it. They might want to purchase that book. What's the name of that book, Sylvia? Um, it's Celebrating Life, African-American Women Speak Out About breast cancer and there may be a few copies on amazon uh but basically it's it's out of print there because the book was printed almost 30 years ago i'm currently working on a sequel and another book for survivors as well well we're excited about that you need to let us know we'll get you back on the show and talk about the new book when it comes mm-hmm. out, I know I have a copy of that book. My wife has definitely has a copy of the book. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ladies, I just definitely have a copy. <laughs> yeah. So that's that is a powerful. My mother-in-law uh, died of breast cancer. Uh, my sister is a breast cancer survivor. So, like you said, that has affected my family mm-hmm. in a very impactful way. My wife is making mm-hmm. sure that she's staying current on yeah. her. Uh, mammograms and things, but, you know, because it runs in the family. And so it's an incredible antagonist. But as you said, if we catch it early, if we do the things that make for a good preventive maintenance plan, we can be successful in surviving the onslaught of this type of cancer. I know you're doing some things down there proactively again in your community. And you recently are working with a major department store doing a bra fitting event. Now, I thought that was unique. I said, a bra fitting event. Okay, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, you were working with the store down in Cedar Hill. Tell us a little bit about the story behind the fight, because you are indeed, I know that everybody's listening, a woman warrior. So, tell us about the fight with that uh, particular event. Well, it it was really amazing, and and what I found in order to reach women with information about breast cancer, sometimes you got to get creative. Sure. And uh, Dillard Department Store, it's a national chain, and they do two annual events around breast cancer, and one of them is a bra fitting event, and I partnered with one of the local stores in Cedar Hill. Women could come in for a free uh, bra fitting, and what a lot of people don't know is 90% of women do not know their bra size. Wow. 
after you get your initial bra, you just sort of guess. You know, women you gain weight, you lose weight. You're still wearing the same bra. Okay. <laughs> so actually being fit, I think it's something you should do annually because that way you can make sure that you're in the proper bra size because it helps so much in your posture. It, it's really important, but that's something that we put on the back burner and we just don't even think about. So that was totally free. And then they got an opportunity uh, to uh, purchase some of the, the bras from the store or just to have that information and get a bra at their convenience in the proper size. For me, it has just been life-changing to have the right size bra, uh, making sure that you're, you're covered. Because for some reason, that's just something that, that, that we don't do. And it was great to see women come in and be excited that, oh, wow, I thought I was this size. <laughs> it, it, it was it was a lot of fun. We had gifts and prizes and snacks and uh, everybody laughs and jokes. It, it was wonderful, but it also helped us to focus on taking care of ourselves. And that's the one thing that I try and educate uh, women about. Now, the buzzword is self-care, mm-hmm. but the thing is that if as women, we don't take care of ourselves. We won't be around to take care of those other people that we put so high on our totem pole. Wow, wow, that's that's correct. That, were you able to pass out any uh, breast cancer literature while you were in, oh, in yes, this event? Oh, yes, um, We uh, partnered with the Breast Cancer Wellness Magazine, which is a national publication. We, have, uh, uh, we had copies of that. We had information about early detection. We had information about organization. Uh, we had some special gifts for breast cancer survivors. In fact, the first person that came in was a 10-year breast cancer survivor. And it was education on both sides because the bra fitter said that she had never fit somebody for a bra who had had a mastectomy. And she said, this was a new experience for me to have a woman come in that had one breast. So it, it was educational on, on both sides as far as understanding the dynamics of survivors and be able to provide the information for the community. Wow. Wow. I think you've almost put this together. And I, I just thank God for you using the creative uh, ability that God has given you. That's a unique sell. I can get you in to get you uh, a new bra, uh, get mm-hmm. you fitted properly for proper health, right. but at the same right. time then be able to tie in breast cancer awareness and make sure yeah. people are aware that it's it's getting a new bra is part of it, but making sure yeah. that you take care of your breasts and take care of your health is crucially important. Yeah. Tell me this. I know we've known each other for a long time, and I think I got this down, but I want to make sure you can give me a concise version. Tell us how you managed to incorporate photography with breast cancer advocacy and publishing. <laughs> well, the word says your gift will make room for you and place you before great men. Yes. So the photography has been a love since I was like nine years old. And I'm also a writer. So that's how my book evolved. I took portraits of the survivors and I told their stories. Recently, just doing the two also helped me work with the National Consortium of Breast Centers. They had their annual conference in Las Vegas. And I went last year and I was like, oh, this is amazing. There's so much information because these are breast centers from all over the country. People that do the imaging, uh, radiologists, uh, doctors, everyone that is sort of connected with that breast cancer health arena. 
And I said, but where are the faces of the survivors? So I talked to the CEO, and this year she had me to uh, come back and do a photo exhibit that included the survivors. And we were also able to bring the survivors in so that they could see the exhibit and, and share their uh, testimonies. And one of the things that I learned a part of this exhibit was that as we were having conversations, this was my seventh exhibit. So I'm thinking, okay, I got this down. I've done exhibits for the African American Museum here in Dallas. They've been 16 by 24. However, when the CEO was talking to me, she was like, I want these images to be like seven feet by like three and a half feet. I want them on light boxes. I couldn't imagine that. And for the longest, I was sort of fighting her. And God had to really start speaking to my heart and to release the project and realize that they were going to put money into this project. They were not going to do something that was not done well. And I allowed them to go ahead and do the light boxes. And it was breathtaking. The images were about seven feet. They're about three and a half feet. They had a square box, which featured two survivors. It would have their photo and their testimony on each of the boxes. And it was done on fabric. So it was almost like you could just reach out and touch them. Wow. And I realized that sometimes we try and confine God. We can, we try and confine what our vision is. But when we release it and let God be God, he can take our vision beyond what we can even imagine. When I saw this, I cried like a baby. Not that cute little couple of teardrops falling. I'm talking about crying like somebody died. Yeah, because yeah. it was so powerful. And to see the survivors looking at an image bigger than life of themselves, that was so breathtaking for me. And it was so powerful. And it's something that I will never forget. But as I minister and speak to people, it is about letting your dream get bigger than what you can imagine. Because that's what God wants us to be, exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or ask, according to the faithfulness. That's right. I got a chance to uh, get on LinkedIn and I saw the pictures. I guess it was at a, a soiree and mm-hmm. the pictures, yes, yeah, seven foot five. And mm-hmm. they were like magnificent. It was like a visual delicacy. It was it was really something yeah. to behold. Yeah. And uh, the lighting behind the pictures, the way they stood it up, almost like card. It was it was a wonderful display of God's grace in your life and the love of God that he has allowed these women to overcome breast cancer and be be survivors, but to also encourage hundreds of thousands of other women who were at that conference. That was an interdisciplinary conference about breast cancer in Las Vegas. And I'm just elated to see the work, Sylvia, that God is doing in your life. I really, really, really am. Thank you. I want to ask you something as a woman warrior. You're on the front lines. We talked about your book. We've talked about your photography. We've talked about your beginnings. What are some of the challenges of being a woman who is doing so many things and so many different arenas? How do you combine uh, your work, relationships? Uh, how do you combine all of these things together? your relationship with God and, and meld it into this sweet spot of success. How do, you, how do you do that? You know, I think that's probably the most challenging thing. I was single for 55 years and was wondering if I would ever get married. 
and I did get married and faced some challenges in that relationship, which did end up in divorce. However, it taught me a valuable lesson. God created us. He said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that nothing changes that. No matter who you're with, you've always got to use that as the bar that whoever you're with has got to be treating you like God desires for you to be treated. And going through that experience allowed me to understand the value of my life and the power that I have as a woman and that I never want anything to take that power away and that God doesn't design for that. So uh, I'm currently in a wonderful relationship that has been fortifying and strengthening to my soul and to help me to, to regroup and to walk in the power that I believe God has for me. And I love having a, 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 a man in my life and it's really important, but also uh, a man that is not going to change what I do, who understands what I do and gives me the freedom to do that. That, that's essential. I almost sacrificed that. I would never be able to accomplish the things that I'm doing today if I was still in my marriage. And that saddens me, but I'm grateful that God orchestrated things the way that he did. I appreciate the fact that I did get married. I appreciate the relationship because it gives me a strong testimony. It fortified me as a woman. It made me, me grow. And I guess as uh, adage, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And we learn, we share, but to always make sure that you are, you're valued. And I almost lost that. So I definitely want to let women know you're, you're amazing. You're, you're absolutely wonderful. And God wants that to shine. And, and sometimes women sacrifice in order to have somebody in their lives. And I just don't believe that's what God wants us to do. So you're saying really that your partner and the man who would eventually be your husband needs to be A, comfortable in his own skin, but B, needs to be able to accept you as you are. And of course, we we all know there are compromises on either side. Yes, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But being able to just honor you and honor the things that you're doing and then be... uh, we use the term bulwark, but I like the term scaffold. Scaffold you to continue to do what you're doing. Uh, I right. think that's part of a man's role in, in covering his wife and loving his wife is loving not only who she is, but what she does. And if we can do that, um, then we can have a fruitful and prosperous marriage in God. That's, you know, the essence of what we want to be and what we want to have, what we all want to have to those yeah. of us who are in relationships and shooting towards marriage or are in marriage. So I'm praying for you and that this would be your happy place and your happy space and that uh, God will bless the two of you in the near future um, to be hooked up and to be one. Anything, Sylvia, that you'd like to share with the the audience or any of the young ladies or, or some of the older women that are out there, would you like any share anything with them? Any one thing you want to leave as a closing remark and Please do tell us how we can reach you. If someone wanted to reach you to talk to you about breast cancer or wanted to feature you or wanted you to do some photography for them or whatever it may be, how do we reach you? Um, First of all, uh, Bishop, I want to say that you are are so amazing. And I remember 
years ago when we, we first met, you instantly called me daughter. And I knew that you did not take that phrase lightly. And sometimes as black women, we don't have men in our lives that embrace us. And every encounter I, I've ever had with you has always been to push me toward purpose and to push me toward position. And I don't take that lightly. And I think as women, we, we need to make sure we have mentors, we have people in our lives. And it is also have great to have men in our lives that speak into our spirit because your worth is your wealth. And I thank God for you. I thank God for your platform. And I just believe that he will expand this internationally so that people can hear the golden nuggets that you have for for women, for men, for all of us that strive to be better. I was listening to one of your podcasts and I thought to myself, this is difficult to do while driving because I need a pen and paper. I need to be writing down some of these lessons that you're sharing and some of these powerful speakers that are really speaking not just to our minds, but to our very souls and the essence of who we are. Amen. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you. I, all I can say to God be the glory. Give me, uh, tell me, um, how do we reach you? How do we reach you? Okay, how do you reach me? My website is www.celebratinglife.org. People can go on there. They can uh, send an email. They can get information. If they want to make a donation, they can do that there. My personal email address is Sylvia Hines, H-I-N-E-S, the number nine, at gmail.com. And you can send me uh, an email there and correspond with me um, um, that way. And I would love to hear from you. Sylvia Hines 9 at gmail.com. That's me. That'll work. Listen, it's been great having you on the show. I hope to have you back on the show. Let me know when that new book comes out or if you do something that you want to, people to know about. You know, we get you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, daughter. I appreciate you and honor you for your work's sake. Keep doing what you're doing. Be encouraged. The best, and I'm not saying this as a cliche, but I really believe this prophetically, the best is really yet to come. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Please tune in next week as we find another woman warrior who will share from the depths of her heart to put encouragement and influence in your life. I want you to go and influence the nations. God bless. See you next week.